All right, Luke chapter 13. I'm going to begin reading with verse 10. This is the story of the woman that was bowed over, which means she couldn't straighten herself up for 18 years. Verse 10 says, And he, and he being Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. I think it's important to note that Jesus was teaching. Uh, he wasn't really doing a lot of preaching here. He was, he was expounding the word. That's what the word teaching means. And behold, do you know what the word behold means? Yeah. It means look, look and see. There was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit, and she was bent double. You know what bent double means? That means that basically her head was bent over down by her knees. She was bent over, double, and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. Some translations say you are loosed from your sickness. And he laid hands upon her, and immediately she was made erect or straight again and began glorifying God. And the synagogue official, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the multitude in response, There are six days in which work should be done. Therefore come during them and get healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water him? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound, for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, and the entire multitude was rejoicing over all the glorious things being done by him. So again, verse 10, he was teaching. He wasn't really doing a lot of preaching, but teaching. He was expounding scripture, expounding the word. That means he probably read the word, uh, like he did in Luke chapter 4, where they gave him uh, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he opened it and found the place it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and so on and so forth. So, he was teaching that day. And preaching, but here he was teaching. And this woman was there. And um, she was sick for 18 years. It was caused, it says here in the scripture, verse 11, look at it. It was caused by a spirit, a demon spirit, had a hold of her body. And she was bent double and couldn't straighten up at all. Now, that kind of tells you about the cruelty of demon spirits. 
Can you imagine a demon spirit getting his kicks out of a woman being bent over for 18 years and she couldn't straighten herself up? It was a spirit, a demon spirit that was causing this in her body. Now that's an important thing to do, uh, to recognize. And notice that Jesus saw her. He called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. What? What do you mean you are freed from your sickness? Let me ask you a question. When Jesus said that, was the woman still bowed over? Yes. She was still doubled over and Jesus said, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. She was still sick. She still had a demon. When Jesus said, Woman, you're, you're delivered or you're freed from your sickness. No, it doesn't. It makes no sense at all. Well, what are you doing telling a woman she's freed from her sickness and she's still sick? What do you call that? Lying? He won lying. He was speaking spiritual truth to the woman before you could see it or feel it. She was telling the woman, you are freed from your sickness before she was free. That's faith. And I'm going to show you something about that. Keep your finger there. We're coming right back to Luke chapter 13. But go to the book of Romans, chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. There's a, a really powerful lesson to learn here of the way Jesus operated and the way he functioned and the way he spoke. Because that wasn't the only time he spoke something like that. Do you remember uh, the little girl, the 12-year-old girl yeah. that had died? And Jesus walks in there. She was already dead. They were already playing funeral songs. And Jesus stops them and said, Why are you making all this commotion? Hmm? And uh, what did he say? Well, I'm sorry. I know she's dead. No. He said, Why do you make all this commotion? Why do you weep? And Jesus said, She's not dead. She's asleep. And they laughed him to scorn. Why? He wasn't speaking naturally. He wasn't talking about her condition in the natural realm. He was talking about what he saw in the spirit before he saw it in the natural. Now this is an important concept. And here you see it in the life of Abraham. Watch this. Verse 17, Romans chapter 4. Don't, don't lose your place there in, in, in Luke 13, but Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. Do you remember God saying that to Abraham? Did he have a child? Yeah. No. Oh, no. He had no child. Not yet. Not yet. God spoke by faith. The same thing as at the creation. God didn't say, okay, I see light, so we're good. No. <laughs> he called forth for light before he saw it. Jesus spoke to the wind and the sea. 
He said, peace, be still, before he saw it. The word of faith was in his mouth before he saw the result. Okay? Well, it's the same thing with God. God called him a father of many nations before they, him and Sarah ever had kids. And never had kids before. She was too old and so was he. Now how was that going to happen? It was way past her time of giving birth to children. She was an old woman, 90 years old. A great grandma. And yet God said to Abraham at 99, God said, I have made you the father of many nations. What else? In the sight of him whom he believed, I'm in verse 17, even God who gives life from the dead, uh, gives life to the dead, now watch, and calls into being that which does not exist. Before God sees it, he speaks it. So he said to Abraham, you're a father of many nations. Do you remember? He, his name was Abram, exalted father. But God changed his name to Abraham, father of many nations, before he even had children. Now, could you imagine Abraham going around calling himself, what's your name? You know, they come to him and say, what's your name? And he said, I'm the father of many nations. Uh, how many kids do you have? None. But I'm the father of many nations. That's my name. You're the father of many nations? Where are your children? God put a word in his mouth that was to come to pass before it came to pass. Before you could see it, God changed what he was saying. Now this is right in line with what Jesus said. Whosoever, Mark eleven twenty three would say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and would not doubt, but would believe that those things which he says would come to pass, he will have whatsoever he said. In other words, he's speaking to a mountain to be removed before it's removed. He's commanding it to do something before it does something. That's faith. Faith believes it is done now before it sees it. That's why he goes on to say, in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he goes on to say, when you stand praying, well, he, he says, you know, forgive. That's the next thing he said. But before that, he says, when you pray, believe that you have received it and you will have it. That's faith. You believe you have it before you see it. You believe it's yours before you can touch it. And then you'll be able to touch it because then it will work. God said, let there be light before there was light. God spoke to Adam and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth before he was fruitful and multiplied and replenished the earth. He spoke his will through his word and that became the vehicle to bring it to pass. You got it? Yeah. All right. Now, let's look at this some more. And notice here, God speaks of things that do not exist as though they are. God spoke and said, Abraham, you're the father of many nations before you could see it. 
And Abraham put, in this, put that in his mouth for years before Sarah and him had children. One child, Isaac. You remember what happened? The year before Isaac was born, Abraham was out there waiting for, I guess, for his dinner. And all of a sudden, he saw three guys coming down the pike. And he recognized that these were not normal guys. He recognized that these were sent from God. Obviously, they were angels from God. Just like in Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember that? Okay. The angel went in and got Lot and his wife out before the destruction came to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, in this case, they came to Abraham and they sat with him and they ate with him. And the, the main angel that was there, or the one that had the word from the Lord, he said, this time next year, your wife will give birth to a child. Remember that? Yeah. What happened? She laughed. She laughed. <laughs> and then denied it that she laughed. But the angel said, this time next year, you'll see it. She'll have a child. And when the child was born, what did Abraham and Sarah call him? Tell me. They named him Yitzchak, laughter, laughter, because the Lord has made me laugh and rejoice. To think that an old woman, 90 years old, 91 years old, and Abraham, almost 100, could have a child is funny. <laughs> you got it? That's funny. And God gave them a child and they called him laughter. But, but notice what happened. God put that in Abraham's mouth and in Sarah's heart long before it ever came to pass. And Abraham's name was changed to father of many nations. And we know that out of that one child, Isaac, came Jacob and then Joseph and then many other uh, and 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 uh, a whole tribes came out. Remember, yeah. whole tribes came out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isn't that powerful? All right. Now, why did I share all that with you? Go back to Luke chapter thirteen and watch how Jesus uses this principle. It is a principle of God. You speak according to His word. You speak His promise before you see it. That's why. If we're sick or if we're battling sickness, we don't speak sickness. We speak healing. We go to the word, we apply the word, and we speak God's healing power through our lips. Why? Because then we're speaking of things that are not. You don't see the healing yet. You don't feel the healing yet. But we're speaking of things that are not as though they are. That is faith. All right. Now. But we're basing it on the word. Now notice what Jesus does. Verse 11 again. Luke chapter 13. Are you there? Alright. And there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit. And she was bent double and could not straighten up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over to him and said, Woman, you are still sick. Oh, I'm waiting for a response. No, no that's not. That is no. not at all what Jesus said. Jesus looked at her and said, Woman, you are freed. 
You are loose. What, what does your translation say? Woman, you are free. Verse 12. When he was called over, he said, Woman, you are healed from your sickness. You are healed. Jesus spoke healing to her. Jesus spoke healing to her before she was healed. What does your version say? Oh, well, that's the King James, right? Okay, that one says, Woman, you are loosed, right? Yeah. You are loosed from your sickness. All right? And this one says, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. You are healed. What? The woman was still bent over, but she was healed. He spoke the word, and watch this, then he did something. What else did he do? He laid his hands upon her. Oh, the laying on of hands. Do you remember what Jesus said? In my name. You will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Jesus spoke the word, and then laid hands on her to transmit or to transfer that anointing that he was anointed with. You remember uh, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And over and over again, you see him ministering God's power through the laying on of hands. So he laid his hands upon her and immediately she was made straight. Now, other places you see where Jesus with a word cast out the spirit. Not so here. That demon spirit responded to the word. Woman, you are loosed. You are freed. You are healed from your sickness and the laying on of hand. He didn't even refer to the demon. Did you notice that? Yeah. Because sometimes you do refer specifically to a demon spirit. Other times you don't. You don't need to. You speak the word, lay hands on the sick. Speak the word, lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. <coughs> you get that? <coughs> and then sometimes you have to cast out demons. Now, hold your place there and go to Matthew chapter 8. Don't, don't lose your place. We're coming right back. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. He spoke to them. He said, come out. You see him do it in a certain place. Be quiet. Come out. And healed all who were sick. But here we see where Jesus spoke the word. He didn't even have to rebuke the spirit. He spoke the word of healing. Woman, you are healed. Woman, you are freed from your sickness. Woman, you are delivered from your sickness, right? And then he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and began glorifying God. Now notice this. When she was healed, she began to glorify God. Now why am I telling you this? A lot of people think sickness brings God glory. Did you know that? How could sickness bring God glory? No. Healing brings God glory. Always in Scripture. Over and over again. You see, when people are healed, that brought God some glory. Okay? That showed God what He's famous for. <laughs> Laid hands upon her, verse 13. Immediately she was made straight, began glorifying God. But 
Mr. Pharisee and Sadducee and wouldn't see and couldn't see spoke up indignant. He got all all angry. Probably that demon that <laughs> came into him. And he got all indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. So what? Could have been Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Could have been any day of the week. What difference would that make? But in his mind, healing on the Sabbath meant that Jesus was doing work and you weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath. And watch what he says. There are six days in which work should be done. Therefore, come during them and get healed, but not on the Sabbath day. Wait a minute. Hold on. Then Jesus calls him hypocrite. But think about what this guy's saying, how stupid it is. Think about it. What do you mean? There are six days in the week where people ought to work, come, come during that time and be healed. How come the woman wasn't healed then? How come she wasn't healed? How come there was never any ministry of healing going on in that synagogue? He was a liar. He was a hypocrite in what he was saying. That's stupid. What do you mean there's, there's six days in which people can, can come and be healed? Nobody's been healed here until now. But the Lord answered him said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water him? What are you talking about? Your donkey, your ox, you untie them on the Sabbath day so they can get some water. What is wrong with you? You do that on the Sabbath. And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, as she is. Now here we get some insight. Whom Satan has bound these 18 long years. God had nothing to do with her being bound for 18 years. It was the devil that did it. It was a demon spirit that had her. Should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? Think about it. The devil was working on her for 18 years. And Jesus came and released her on the Sabbath day. That should have been a thing for all of the synagogue leaders and the officials to rejoice in the Lord. But no, they thought more of the Sabbath than they did people. Huge mistake. The Sabbath, Jesus said it, the Sabbath wasn't made. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. And this woman was a daughter of Abraham. She was one in covenant with the Lord. Why shouldn't she be healed? Now that's an important phrase. Because she's a daughter of Abraham, should she not be healed? And the answer is yes, she should be healed. Because she's a daughter of Abraham. There's a covenant in place. Do we have a covenant like that in place? Woo! Woo! This is good. <laughs> this is good. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Oh, man. Remember, Jesus said, she's a daughter of Abraham. Should she not be healed? Mm. Woo! Glory. Book of Galatians. Come on. Find it. I'm still looking for it. Galatians chapter 3. Yeah. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse pronounced in the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now what was the purpose of him doing that? Verse 14, In order 
that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles, those that aren't even Jews, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. But now, wow, that means that we get in on the blessing that was promised to Abraham. Remember what the Lord called this woman? Daughter, should not this daughter of Abraham be released from this bondage? It was a curse, and she was redeemed. But see, what happened is Jesus went to the cross, and he took all our pains, all our sickness, all our disease, every curse upon himself, and he suffered with it in order to set us free and in order that we would receive by faith the blessing of Abraham. But now, wait a minute. That's not enough. That, that's good. That's wonderful. That's great. We have a right to healing. We have a right to health. God said in his covenant in Exodus chapter 23, he said, I will bless your bread and water and take sickness and disease out from the midst of you. That means if he takes all sickness and disease out from the midst of you, you have healing, but it's more than that. You have health. That's why the apostle John prayed, I pray that you would be in health and that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. We are to be in health, not just healing, not just get healed when we get sick. That's wonderful. That's glorious. But we have health provided for us. I am the Lord that heals you. I am your physician. He, uh, the word, he sent his word and healed us. Amen. Now look, are you still there in Galatians 3? Let's look at verse 29. And if you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's offspring, or his children, and heirs according to promise. So question, do you belong to Christ? Yes. Yeah, if you belong to him, then you are Abraham's children. Wow. Just like Jesus said to that woman, should not this woman, should not this woman, being a daughter of eight, well, should not this boy or this man, being a man, a child of Abraham, should they not be loosed from this bondage? They should. In the same way in the realm of prosperity, should not this child of Abraham be loosed from poverty and from need and from lack? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen? All right, go back to Luke chapter 13 and let's finish this up. And this woman, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said this, all of his opponents were humiliated. Well, of course they were. You can't argue with truth. Truth is fact. It's spiritual fact, not natural fact. 